3: the
4: clowns on the left
3: and the jokers on the right
4: and join michael Smirkanish right here in the middle
3: this is the smirkanish podcast for independent minds
4: we know
5: his name joseph augustus zarelli nearly 66 years after the battered body of a young boy was found stuffed inside a cardboard box philadelphia police last week said they've finally unlocked a central mystery in the city's most notorious cold case, the victim's identity. Long on the case is my next guest, William Fleischer, a former Philadelphia police officer and FBI agent, is the founder and current commissioner of a group called the Vidoc Society. And I think about 20 years ago, I interviewed Bill Fleischer on exactly this case. Hey, Bill, welcome back. I hope you've been okay, and thank you so much for being my guest again after the passage of so much time.
2: Well, thank you, Michael, and I hope you're doing well. And, no complaints. Uh, yep. Yeah, it's a, it's a uh, nice to that you were one of the first people that got on this case when we got on this case.
5: I'd love to go back and find those tapes. I'm going to endeavor to do that because I think it would be interesting. Let's begin this way. What is the Vidocq Society?
2: The Vidocq Society... And it's debatable how you pronounce it. I've spoken to <laughs> French people, and they say uh, Vidoc, Some say Vidocq, so it's, we call it the Vidoc Society. And it was named after Eugene Francois Vidocq, who's considered by many to be the world's first detective. And he uh, it, it was kind of an interesting character. He, he sort of was born in 1775, sort of survived the French Revolution, he was a, a convict. He used to get involved in duels a lot and wound up in jail for many, uh, many uh, different fights and things. And was always escaping. And he became like the Willie Sutton of uh, France. And when he was finally he was hiding out in Paris, he was approached by he was approached by some former, uh, uh, I wouldn't say colleagues, inmates that that found out who he was because he was living a respectable life. And so to blackmail them, that they were going to, you know, reveal them to the authorities. So he sent a messenger to Monsieur Henry, who was the commissioner of the police at that time, and he says, "I'm the Great Véduc. I'm out. I can help you solve crimes." And uh, at this time, uh, they made a meet under under a flag, a white flag of truce. They wouldn't be arrested. And and he said, "Well, let's test you." I'll, Monsieur Henry said this we have a very very uh, horrible murder of a respectable uh, citizen and we don't know who's involved but if you could help us solve it we think we have the the, the right person in prison but uh, in those days you have to understand michael that they need evidence you sure. had to have evidence i take it so i take we, it he solved the crime he solved the crime he nice. went in the prison under uh, you know as be docked. The guy confessed with him, confessed to him, the police were able to make the arrest, and he was allowed to escape again, and then began working for the police. And he founded the Serete, the French Serete. He was pardoned, and he became a celebrity. His story is not unlike uh, uh, Jean Valjean in Les Misérables. Sure. Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking of Jean Valjean when you were saying that. So, Bill... Under under the label of the Vidoc Society, you're a part of a group. You're a founder. You're their communications spokesman that gets together on a regular basis, comprised of people like you, right? Former cops, former FBI agents, and law enforcement sure. generally. Yeah. And you look at cold cases. Yes. And this one has always been a burr in everybody's saddle. Is that fair?
2: That's very fair. This this goes back in my case till I was a uh, young. A uh, child around uh, 13 years old when I saw his poster on the Penn Fruit Company uh, window. And I'm shocked. Why has and, it been uh, so?
5: Why has it been so difficult to solve up until these recent revelations? I'll ask you about that in a moment. But why has it been such a cold case?
2: It's cold because a there was no identification. B it was extensively investigated for the last 65 years. Uh, the police that, and the medical examiner's office in those days, uh, uh, Remington, Bristol, from the medical examiner's office, the detectives from the police department, worked on this case. It, they were all over the country. They would send out flyers, and you can remember they, they didn't have the communication that we have with, with uh, internet and things of like uh, that nature. And nobody ever reported missing, and nobody was, claimed, was no right, and nobody. Yeah, Every I lead, guess... they found out on. A, they followed on a missing child was not uh, our our little joseph february 25
5: 1957 found in a wooded area of philadelphia's fox chase neighborhood the boy was four years old had been wrapped in a blanket placed inside a large jc penny bassinet box police say that he was malnourished and he'd been beaten to death he was buried and the body twice exhumed for dna right correct what, what happened after the first time?
2: First time, they didn't, the sample was not uh, strong enough to make any, any kind of profile. And eventually it was decided later to try again. After he had been reburied in, in Ivy Hill Cemetery, uh, we exhumed them again. More, more uh, DNA samples were taken and they were sent off to labs uh, all over the country and in Europe. Max Planck Institute worked on the case. So they had enough of a profile that it was uh, uh, enough to sort of, in this new science of, of uh, genetic genealogy, which is an art, more right. than science. The science brought the, the good DNA sample. The genealogist part, that's the real art. So, when we had a good sample, the police department had a good sample with some good detective work. They brought in uh, one of our members, Dr. Colleen Fitzpatrick, who was a a genealogist and a uh, genetics uh, person, and Kelly Gillis, her assistant, they started doing uh, finding leads. The detectives, by this time, the, the detective that had the case when we got interested, Tom Augustine had been off the case, and it went to uh, Detective uh, uh, Bob Hesser and his partner, Greg Santamella, who's now retired also, they started following the leads provided by the forensic genealogists. And eventually, with really the confluence of science, art, and good uh, detective work, they were able to find a birth a birth certificate and identify the boy positively. That. This is the
3: Smirconish Podcast from SiriusXM. Hey, the
5: national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready Rav Four.
3: Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app.
5: So Joseph's parents are dead, but I've I've read in the accounts he has living siblings. Uh, yes.
2: Are you at liberty to say how many? Uh, no, I, I would refer you to uh, Captain Jason Smith of the police department. So we know. Okay, so we all of those leads. I don't want to bring out and embarrass the family in any manner.
5: Got it. Well, okay. What what are you able to say, if anything, about who is, if anyone, under a cloud of suspicion now?
2: That's that's an excellent question. Nobody and everybody. Mm -hmm. It's 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 a lot of leads. Have started tips are starting to pour in. The police department are handling them, and we we. You know, when we got the name, when I heard the name, I had very mixed emotions, uh, Michael. I had uh, how come? Well, I had a lot of a lot of joy and happiness that we could put a name, which we're going to, we're doing. I'm meeting tomorrow. We're putting it on his gravestone up at Ivy Hill Cemetery. Wow! Uh, and uh, the the sadness was that we still haven't discovered the circumstances and the fact that so many people that I knew that I worked with. Had passed, had worked on this case, and uh, I know in spirit they know, but I will love them to the to been alive to to see this come to this point at least.
5: The news accounts that I'm I have spread out in front of me. Quote: He was unclothed, had been wrapped in a flannel blanket, according to the National Missing and Unidentified Person System. His hair was recently cut in a way that suggested it was not the work of a skilled barber. His fingernails had been trimmed. Uh, someone quoted in the New York Times as saying, kind of look like a doll because cold weather slows the decomposition of bodies. Officials could not determine exactly how long the boy had been dead and the few clues the police had at the time were fruitless. Am I right that it was a college student who discovered the body and was hesitant initially to report it to law enforcement?
2: Yes, uh, he, he, he was, uh, he went to his, his uh, he claimed, at the time that he saw a rabbit run into the underbrush up there
4: Mm
5: -hmm. and
2: he followed it and there were animal traps in the area and he went in to investigate and discovered the body but was afraid to report it because uh, there had been a a, a disappearance of a a little girl around the same time and he spoke to his brother who was a priest and he finally came forward and uh, the police were able to, and ironically, you met him. He was on your show. My dear friend and the late, great uh, Sam Weinstein was the detective, the second uh, officer on the scene. Elmer Palmer was the first. Well, he received, and it was a doll. They said to investigate a doll, possible doll in the box. They thought it was a doll. You're right. Wow. And this, ironically, Sammy Weinstein was driving Captain Maurice Fleischer so he was the third, they were the second and third officers on the scene. And then the investigation began.
5: And the box, the box originally carried a bassinet. And am I right, Bill, you were yes. able, or law enforcement was able to actually figure out who bought the bassinet?
2: No, they're like, if I remember correctly, there was about uh, six or eight bassinets sold. Mm-hmm. that they could track down... Uh, uh, the majority of them, uh, they all, the leads ran, ran cold, and it, ter- it turned out to be sort of a red herring.
5: Look, I, I know you're not going to comment on this, but I have to just say it. Reading and following the case, when I hear that okay, it was a four-year-old boy found in the condition that you've described, the parents are now dead, there was never a report of a missing child made, I'm sorry. I immediately think, well, how could the parents possibly ex- explain that? There must be something there.
2: Well, there's a lot of theories, and I'm, I'm not going to go into what the police are working on or may not be working on. My personal theory is nobody missed him because he had been uh, put in a foster home, maybe like just like Remington Bristol thought or some other home. Uh, because there appeared to to be some developmental issues with the boy. And in those days, Michael, and I know, I know this is a fact, because I had a cousin that they put these children in homes Mm. or hospitals. And that's Mm -hmm. the only reason I think that Mm -hmm. maybe the neighbors didn't notice anybody missing, because they never saw the boy.
5: Right. Good point. And look look at me so quickly, ready to cast aspersions on the dead parents. Shame on me.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would nah, not shame on you, Michael. I would want to know, they were they suspicious if they weren't involved, you know, that they found the boy? It's not like nobody uh, was aware of this. This was the most widely advertised uh, signs Internet case in the history of Philadelphia at that time. Every supermarket, every gas bill had a, had a flyer in it about the boy. So either they, I, I'm just speculating now. I don't know. I'm speculating. Right. Either they didn't uh, recognize this as a child they may have given a, away to a home earlier. Mm-hmm. Usually in those days, and I've had cases as a private investigator where I had to track down uh, heirs and some of the, on in uh, will cases. And uh, in those days, there was usually a caseworker that would keep the parents informed of the well-being of the child so that's a mystery to me it's it's a, it's a mystery uh, michael we okay, one, part one, of it one that's other one now the, li- the, the living the
5: living us. the living siblings uh, and I, I understand if you can't say anything about this either did they know they had a brother did they know they had know. this brother
2: i do not know the answer to that hmm.
3: this is the Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM
1: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills.
2: The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is.
1: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
4: Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners and more all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at five ninety nine ninety nine. Ashley, for the love of home.
3: Listen to Michael live, weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app.
5: Holy smokes, what a story.
2: So a good a great, for you. Good, great Philadelphia good, good for you. Tomorrow. So tomorrow,
5: tomorrow, you're headed to the cemetery. Tomorrow, his tomorrow name is gonna going be to be to chiseled. I'm with
2: uh, Dave Drysdale, whose family have been so generously taking care. They run the cemetery so generously. Ivy Hill, right in Cedar Brook, have so generously given their time and treasure to keeping uh, this uh, little child, Joseph Augustus Sorelli, uh, remains well w- looked after and i'm going up there with, with uh, howard Lebowski, one of our uh, board uh, chairman of our board and we're going to sit down and arrange to have with the engraver that had the name uh placed on the gravestone
5: good for you good for you hey bill uh you've been on it a long time i promise this is my final question i'll let you go y- you think it'll get figured out i mean do you, you think it the story ends here how optimistic are you that you really do get to the bottom of it.
2: Well, I've always kept the faith. Right. And I know we got some great detectives in the Philadelphia Police Department, homicide detectives. I mean, they're some of the best in the country. And leads are coming in, tips are coming in. Uh, the biggest hurdle is who who, who was the little boy? Who, who was the little boy? Joseph, Augustus, Zerula, we know. Now... I think they'll
5: put it together. Well, thanks for the report. I really appreciate it. Hope I Thank see you, you soon. Thank you
2: for having me on, Michael. And uh, okay, have a-, have a merry Christmas. You too, Happy Bill. Happy New Year, you, you and too. all your listeners.
5: Thank you, Bill Fleischer, ladies and gentlemen, from the Vidoc Society. Hey, we have to TC go into the archives and see if you can find ask, the original. ask Blake if we have the original round of interviews that I would have done with Bill and some of the others. He obviously remembers. Um, that one of the other Vidoc Society members was was my guest at the same time. See, th- th- I immediately thought, okay, so kid's dead, parents never reported it. That's who you. What did they do? Yes, and he's course. like, whoa, 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 wait That's a right, minute. There's more to it. There's something there where he thinks perhaps there were some challenges that the boy had. Right. Maybe he was living in a home. Maybe he was put up for adoption when he was a baby.
4: Someone they has had no to know idea. that. Though. someone has to. Have, there are records. Someone has to know that. A 4-year-old boy doesn't just get transferred around without someone knowing.
5: Right, but but maybe wasn't 4 when quote transferred around. Oh, maybe maybe the boy was like 6 baby. months, 6 right. weeks and all of a sudden given up for adoption for whatever reason. Has living has living siblings. Wow, can you imagine? Your question was a good one. Do they know? Do they even know they had Do a they brother? Do they know they had a brother? Did they, they know they had this, had this brother?
2: brother? Right,
5: presumably not. I don't know. I don't know. They were said to have lived in uh, in West Philadelphia. Wow. All right. So quite a story, isn't it? Quite a uh, sad story. Sad. And it was interesting, his reaction when he saw he said he had such a mix of emotions at the news because he was so joyous at being able to get some closure. But then also very sad for the circumstances. And there are so many unanswered questions still. So it's sort of a mix. Jesus Jimenez coverage in The New York Times. Police checked out orphanages and other child care institutions, local doctors and hospitals. They placed pictures of the boy in newspapers and sent out photos with utility bills. Posters with his image were hung on storefronts. Eventually, the clues about the boy's killer ran out. But the theories about his identity persisted. One theory was that he was a Hungarian refugee who came to the United States After the country's revolution in 1956, some believed he could have been the son of a carnival worker who had several children die under strange circumstances. Others thought he was the son of a roofer who worked in the area. But the theories did not pan out. Eventually, the boy's body was buried only to be exhumed to obtain DNA and reburied. And I should say
3: and exhumed again. Hear more of Michael Smirkanish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.
1: Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app.
3: Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirkanish.com.
1: Michael
0: Smirkanish for independent minds. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing